Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Rona's first show here in 2019. Want to wait New Year? As we look forward to making you guys a lot of money in the upcoming year. I am here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. If you can't listen live, don't worry. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, subscribe, and usually the live show goes up pretty quickly after it ends. As uh, You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and on Instagram at Aron88. As uh, we'll have Chris Vaccaro join us in the next segment, talking some football, football playoff sports betting with him and kind of recap of the season, look ahead to the playoffs. And of course, you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We'll be having playoff rankings, playoff preview articles. Uh, we have fantasy football for breakfast up there today. Of course, Scout DFS, where you can win lots of money. NFL, it was a great season. Optimizer was great. Projections powered by Sean Childs. Uh, you can also you know, play in DFS if you haven't already. You know, this is a good time. We've got a four-game slate interest in this weekend. We'll obviously be previewing that tomorrow and Friday on the show as well. Uh, we got NHL DFS and NBA DFS, which is one of my favorite and, of course, we have the Slack chat where you can ask questions leading up to game time. Was just in there for a little bit. Uh, today, a very interesting slate in the NBA. A lot of injury news, a lot of value opens up, and it can make it a, a very interesting slate. So, uh, also, we have an optimizer for that. And I've been saying it, but, you know, you should check out Yahoo Sports for DFS. Obviously, DraftKings and FanDuel very popular, but been playing on Yahoo. They've done a nice job. Uh, the last couple of weeks, they've been presenting a lot of overlay. Uh, the last couple of days, it hasn't been overlay, but it has been rake-free. Uh, tournament tonight of 10,000 uh, with no rake. So played in that last night, was able to get one team in the top 100. Could have been a little bit better if Jimmy Butler did not get ejected late in the fourth quarter. But this is where we can help you because if you go to Yahoo and you're not familiar with it, because I didn't really play much on there myself. Then I saw all the overlay and the contest they were running. I decided to jump in, and the salary cap structure is a little bit different. It's $200. So I don't know how many people have optimizers out there for Yahoo, but we do at ScoutDFS.com, so it can help you get familiar with it, and uh, it's a good tool to use and you know take advantage of some of the uh, good promotions that they are running there. So ScoutDFS.com has you covered. Again, a lot of ways to win money in NBA, especially if you pay attention to all the last-minute news. You know, tonight and just in the last hour alone, uh, with Jimmy Butler scratched because of an illness, 
Kyrie Irving out tonight. Uh, so a lot of value uh, opening up uh, so we can help you out. And, uh, you know, it's a good place to go. And we'll have you covered with the optimizer, write-ups, and, of course, answering questions in the Slack chat leading up to tip-off. And we're actually going to talk some NBA DFS on these shows. It's difficult because lineups usually lock at 7 p.m. Eastern. But tomorrow we have a three-game slate beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. So Chris Rose from Scout DFS will join me tomorrow at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. So three-game slate, obviously a little margin for error there, but uh, I'll probably still play. Uh, I usually in the past have not played on the two, three games lates, but uh, I've been playing more recently on there. So why have you covered with that? So again, we'll cover you NFL, NBA, and MLB, which is coming up. So I'm going to start to churn out some articles for our draft kit. And uh, we got excellent baseball coverage. Sean Childs, one of the best high stakes players around. He gives in-depth team previews. He's starting to work on that. So it's really great content and we're going to have you covered. And, of course, there's still ways to make money here as well in the playoffs. And we have several great contests for the Fantasy Football World Championships. If you go to playffwc.com, we got playoff draft world championships that are taking place. Uh, we have drafts today at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Eastern. Only one spot left at 11 p.m. Eastern. So I guess a lot of people want to draft late tonight. There's spots left in the earlier ones. Uh, they go all the way up until Saturday, so plenty of drafts tomorrow, Friday. The last draft is Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern. These drafts usually take about a half hour. They're $199 to enter, and if you win your league, you get 500 bucks. And, of course, the uh, grand prize is $20,000. So it's a great format to play in, and I recommend doing it. And the strategy for this is obviously different compared to uh, the regular season. So, again, six teams are in the draft. So one in six entries will win 500 bucks. Every team is in the championship round through the Super Bowl. So your team is alive the entire playoffs. Uh, and there's $20,000 is the grand prize. And one in six will win $500 in league prizes. So uh, the draft obviously is important. It's best ball format. So, you know, here's how it works so you have uh, a lineup each week again you don't set it so it's uh based on your best scoring options so it's best ball so again it gives you an added incentive to watch the playoffs you know you might have your team in it i'm a cowboys fan so obviously i have a big interest here with them playing the seahawks on saturday but you know it's always great to watch games when you have something on the line now i'm a big sports fan i can watch games without having a rooting interest but with DFS and playoff drafts and sports betting, it just makes it a lot more fun. Your eyes are more in tune to play. I mean, that's why I'm watching all these NBA games till the end of the night because, you know, I usually have DFS contests. So uh, here in the football playoffs, uh, I like doing it too. So I did this last year for the Fantasy Football World Championship. I think I finished second. Uh, basically what you want to do is – you need to have a prediction of who you think is going to make the Super Bowl. And, you know, every site has playoff rankings. We'll have ours. But yours could be completely different from mine if we don't agree on who is going to advance. So, you know, people always ask for rankings. And what I think, you can trust my opinion, but it's not only the analysis of the fantasy points that we're going to get from those players. It's also about who is going to play the most games because – the more games these players play, the more opportunity they get to accumulate points. 
So obviously you're looking for a team that has the potential to play four games. So you have to figure out, okay, is there anyone in this wild card round that you think will make the Super Bowl? If that is the case, then you should be loading up on players from that team. So here's the format. One quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, two flex, which can be a running back, wide receiver, tight end, one kicker, and one defense. So uh, last year uh, they had about 350 teams. Uh, Obviously there's some states that are restricted, so you have to keep that in mind. Uh, You can go to playffwc.com and see if you're allowed to enter. But you want to figure out what teams are going to make it the furthest. You've got to take a stance. You cannot spread out where you think with several teams. I just don't think that's going to work. Now, it's a 14-round draft, so uh, pretty deep here, and it's six teams. So last year what I did is – you know, I thought New England was going to make the Super Bowl, so I loaded up on Patriots players, and obviously they got there, so that helped me. Uh, but on the other side, I did not think Philly was going to get there, and I don't think many people did. If I remember correctly, you know, the Eagles were players that went late in the draft, so you know, I think some people lucked into that because yes, they were the one seed last year, but with Nick Foles at quarterback, I don't think many people were confident in the Eagles being able to make that run, especially since Foles struggled down the stretch. I definitely remember that Week 16 game against the Raiders last year. He played poorly. He was not good at all. So, you know, the playoff rankings are going to come down to who you think is going to make it the furthest. Now, obviously, the Saints are the favorite in the NFC, so I think a lot of people are going to roll with them. The Chiefs are the favorites in the AFC based on the current odds. Uh, you got the Rams are the third highest, Patriots four, Bears five, Ravens six, Chargers seven, the Cowboys, Texans, Seahawks, Colts, and Eagles all 25 to 1. So, you know, you, you decide who you think is going to make it. And, you know, I'll look at a, a recent draft. Uh, the team picking one spread it out there. Uh, look like. This is, I think, a strategy that's going to be difficult to do well. They started off Zeke, Tyree Kill, Lamar Jackson, Robert Woods, James White, Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, and Burkett. So they kind of spread it out there. Yeah, there's two Cowboys in there. Uh, There's two Colts in there. Obviously, they went later, and the Colts being the sixth seed. A lot of people are not picking the Colts to win this weekend against the Texans. I said it last week. I said the Colts will get in. I think they beat the Texans. I I, I don't think the Texans are that great. Uh, I think they had a real favorable schedule. They took advantage of it. I know they're home, but you could see the spread is close. So uh, I I like the Texans, uh, the, the Colts to win this weekend. So, it, again, it comes down to your preference and where you think these guys are going to go. But, see, this is what Team 2 did, I like. This is a strategy that can work. So they started Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Mark Ingram. Right there, they said they're all in on the Saints. And they picked their first three picks from the Saints. Then they came back. Look at the next four rounds. Keenan Allen, Phillip Rivers, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. So they said right there, they are going with a Chargers-Saints Super Bowl. And I think that's possible. I know the Chargers have not played well here down the stretch. They've had trouble protecting Phillip Rivers. They just got handled by the Ravens at home a couple weeks ago. But I think it's possible. Now, they're tough. their first-round game is tough against the Ravens. They're underdogs on the road. But if they can get by that, 
think they got a shot here. You know, they've already gone into Kansas City and won. So I like what this team did because they took a stance. They said this is what the Super Bowl is going to be. Or maybe not. Maybe the draft dictated what they were doing. They clearly were high on the Saints. And a lot of people are. They are home. They're tough to beat at home. So you understand that. Now, maybe they felt like, okay, well, a lot of guys are off the board. And they said, okay, well, there's some charger value here. A lot of people don't believe in the chargers. So let me take a shot on that. And four straight chargers. Then uh, also took uh, Traquan Smith. So that's four Saints and four chargers through the first eight rounds. Even got Tyrell Williams in round 10. Uh, the Chargers defense in round 14. Hunter Henry in round 13. Now, there was some news today because originally they said Hunter Henry was going to return. But now uh, I saw a note today that said that that is not uh, completely 100% the case. And even if he does come back, you know he's going to be limited. So Anthony Lean said the Chargers have yet to decide if Hunter Henry will play in the wild card game. Uh, Adam Schefter had reported that Henry will make his season debut just a few days ago. And uh, if it does happen, Henry is expected to be on a pitch count. But if that pitch count does happen, it could be in the red zone near the goal line. Then again, uh, depending on how you view the Chargers against the Ravens in this matchup, maybe there's not many opportunities. Kicker, though, for this team was Will Lutz. So I like this strategy. It's all in. You know, it, it could completely backfire. Obviously, if the Saints lose their first game or if the Chargers lose this week, this team is done. But... If the Chargers make that run and play four games and the Saints advance to the Super Bowl, this team has a legit shot of winning. Uh, It's just difficult to kind of spread it out. Team three did something similar. Started off with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Well, you can't get Tyreek Hill on this team because he also went in the first two rounds. So they decide, okay, uh, Tariq Cohen around three, Jordan Howard around four, Allen Robinson around five. Taylor Gabriel round six, Trey Burton in round seven, Bears defense in round eight, Sammy Watkins around nine, Chris Conley in round ten. So there you go. That's a team that is going for a Chief Bears Super Bowl. Five players from the Chiefs. No, four players from the Chiefs, six from the Bears. Now, could the Bears reach a Super Bowl? Sure. Look at the defense that they have. They've already gone out and beaten the Rams. I know that game was in Chicago this time. If they win this week, they'll have to go to L.A., but they could certainly beat them. And we've seen the Saints, you know, being held in check by a good defense in uh, in Dallas. Now, again, that game was in Dallas, but is it, it's possible. Now, the problem I have with the Bears is they really spread it around, but it doesn't matter. If they're going to play four games, you're going to get that volume. So I like that strategy that that team employed. Uh, you could see Team 4 in this draft. Uh, went with a little bit of a tilt towards the Rams with Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, uh, Josh Reynolds. Uh, it was a little bit more mixed. Uh, they got Michael Thomas in there, Damian Williams, Amari Cooper. So that one's a little bit more spread out, which is, again, a little bit difficult to win that way. Uh, team five went all in on New England. Sony Michelle, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. Then they came back with Seattle, Chris Carson, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. So you could see what these teams are doing here. As you take a stance, you decide, okay, what two teams do I think are going to make the Super Bowl? And maybe sometimes the draft can change that. And this is a year or two where I really feel it's pretty wide open. Uh, The Chiefs are a top seed, but they have flaws. We know that their defense is not good. 
they can be beaten. This is not the same New England team we've seen in the past. Now, fortunately, they do get the first round by, and they are home. But this is not a team that played well down the stretch. You can point to the experience of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for them to get there. The Texans, I don't think they're great. It's not a team I want to pin my hopes on. I do think the Ravens and Chargers are both dangerous teams that can make a run. Colts obviously have a tough road, and they played Sunday night and got to play Saturday afternoon. But this is a team that's not that bad. Their defense is better. Ryan Kelly could be back for that offensive line. So that's a dark horse team. I don't think many people are giving Philly a chance. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them to win this week. But, hey, they surprised us last year. So I I do think this is wide open, and it's going to make it an interesting playoff field. So even if you come away with a four or five seed, and that's one of the teams you load up on, it's certainly possible that, you know, you could make a run here and win. So it's definitely a fun format. It's unique from the regular season fantasy football structure. But, again, we have plenty of drafts over the next few days. You can sign up now. Go to playffwc.com. Drafts tonight, several left. Tomorrow, Friday, and the final one is Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, because the games kick off Wild Card Weekend, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. When we return, Chris Ficarra from The Athletic, who joins me next, right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We got you covered for NFL playoffs, NBA, DFS, NFL, DFS, NHL, and, of course, fantasy baseball right around the corner. We'll be pumping out those articles as well. Joining me now, it is Chris Vaccaro from The Athletic. Chris, Happy New Year. Ronis, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Pretty good, man. When is the cutoff for when we can say Happy New Year? Like, is it, you know, Friday or uh, something? I think we're like? at that. We're at nah, it, right? I think we're at that point right now, yeah. But people Pretty still much. do it. You'll still, I'm telling you, you'll see people at your bar this weekend come in and say Happy New Year. That is that is completely true. But I'll give uh, people to about the third day, and then uh, that's it for me. How was New Year's for you? Very nice. Very nice. You know, the season wrapped up, uh, the fantasy football season, uh, you know, about a five month everyday grind, as you know, and it was nice to just sit back in week 17 and, uh, you know, just enjoy the games, which we never really get a chance to do. Uh, you know, fantasies, you know, weeks one through 16, were going crazy. And, uh, I always enjoy week 17 with, you know, no fantasies on the line, no fantasy matchups or money on the line. Put in some DFS lineups and uh, kick back, relax, and uh, enjoy the game. How did your season go overall? Was Were you satisfied with it? I mean, I feel like we're both people that are never satisfied unless we win every league and we can't. But overall, how would you assess your fantasy football season? Uh, this was a good one for me, Adam. This was probably my best in the last uh, three or four years. Uh, I tripled my money that I invested 
Uh, you know, that's how I always judge it. Uh, so you have $3 million? Titles. You won $3 million? Yes. Yes, <laughs> $3 million. Uh-huh. You nailed it on the head, my friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good season for me. Uh, you know, just like you said, though, you know, never satisfied. You know, uh, I came up short um, on a, winning a second auction title. There's a 12-team and a 14-team auction uh, title. Uh, I won the 12-team auction title, and then the next night, uh, Doug Martin, I needed Martin to finish 17 points or less to win the 14-team auction title as well, and he got 19 points, so I lost that title by two points. So that one, uh, that one's going to sting for a while. Other than that, uh, you know, hey, any year that I don't take down an overall, I consider it a, a, you know, a disappointment. So that's where I stand. What were some of the things that went well for you this season? Like, what were some of the things that you hit on that led to a lot of your success? Well, let's start from the first round. You know, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon was uh, my big first round target. Uh, you know, from anywhere from the sixth pick to the twelfth pick. So any any time I was in the the mid to late round, and Gordon was there, that was my guy. And any time I was in the top, you know, half of the uh, the draft. Saquon Barkley was my guy. So, you know, when you when you hit on your first round pick and there's no, you know, blow ups, you don't miss on that guy. You have a good base. Uh, I came back in my second round and Devontae Adams was my first target in the second round. So I had a lot of Barkley Adams, uh, Gordon Adams combinations. So those were my successful teams. Uh, Keenan Allen mixed in there. He got off to a little bit of a slow start, but picked it up nicely in the second half. That was my guy if Devontae Adams was off the board. So, you know, those combinations early were helpful. Uh, my mid-rounds didn't kill me too much, even though, uh, as you know, uh, I was all in on Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, jumping him up the board in six-point passing leagues. I, I tell you what, Adam, this is tough to believe, but my, Adam, my, Adam, uh, my Aaron Rodgers teams didn't hurt that bad I, I you know those were most of my successful ones were the teams with Rodgers at the forefront I guess because uh you know I hit on my tight ends late with Ebron and George Kittle on a lot of my teams and the combinations were all good so you know it overtook uh, a lot of uh you know the Aaron Rodgers uh, mistakes Rodgers Rodgers listen Rodgers wasn't a bomb he wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination but every week he was you know low 20s mid 20s just good enough to to get by but not what i expected yeah and i think a lot of people would be shocked by that but it goes back to something that i've said quite often that one bad pick and and not saying it was bad for the value he didn't return it obviously with a lot of quarterbacks that played better but one Mm -hmm. subpar pick and it goes back to kind of what we talked about maybe a month ago with Corey davis like it it's not going to ruin your season it's really what you do uh, as a whole. And like you said, if you hit on a lot of the mid-round picks and Ebron and Kittle were huge because the tight end position was one that you really had to have a good tight end, I think, in a lot of leagues to win. Sure. No, absolutely. And you saw George Kittle and Zach Ertz and Kelsey teams dominate the uh, you know, the championship rosters of, of every high-stakes event and, and private leagues. Uh, you know, those, were on, those three guys were on every team. Um, you know, those four guys, those big four tight ends. So you hit on that. It's amazing when I was uh, overlooking, I don't know if you got a chance. I'm sure you do it, Adam. Uh, You know, you look at your league's championship teams and you look at the overall winners and all these high stakes events. And you just look when their roster and draft are posted. 
and you see how many misses they have in their first 10 rounds. It's like unbelievable. I saw one of the winners of one of the overalls, you know, he hit on his first two rounds and then it was bus city from like third round through the eighth round. But he hit on, you know, like a George Kittle, you know, after the 10th round, he hit on a couple other good late, um, you know, round picks. And then add in a couple good free agents like the Damian Williams of the world and everybody that helped out guys late. And that added up to a championship team. You know? yep. So it's not what you think of, oh, my God, you know, you got to hit on every pick from rounds one through 12. It, you know, you, as long as you have a good nucleus and a good base and, and work the waiver wire, you could put together a championship team. Definitely. Talking to Chris Vaccaro from The Athletic, also plays in a lot of high stakes leagues and you know, I think that's the thing, too. You do want to go look back and say, okay, what worked for these championship teams? And as you mentioned, the waiver wire is becoming such a big part. From off the top of my head, I guess, it, you know, I guess later in the year, it felt like there were more big pickups. You know, Damian Williams, as you mentioned, Justin Jackson coming in. But it felt like for yep. a good portion of the season, there weren't these huge waiver wire pickups this year. Is that the way you felt, too? Oh, yeah, 100%. The waiver wire was dead and stagnant for, uh, you know, weeks at a time in, in the uh, early to middle of the season, I, I felt. Um, but, you know, there it is. You know, there it is. Everybody waits. The, the guys that save their money, uh, you know, each and every week throughout the, you know, weeks one through 13, they're waiting for that Damian Williams to pop. And I think it was Damian Williams and Justin Jack. Those guys, like, I think it was after week 12, it was leading into the, the, you know, the big playoff weeks, like week 13 and on, where people were getting them off the wire. And then that's when everything went crazy was week 13 with Kareem Hunt's suspension and Melvin Gordon getting hurt and a couple other big names. And then, you know, we saw two of the worst fantasy weeks, you know, ever. And, and definitely in, in terms of, um, you know, the playoffs season with weeks 14 and 15 that was just you know people were scratching their heads throughout the week uh with those two weeks so uh yeah it was it was a weird season on the on the fab uh you know on the waiver wire not too much came off of it i feel um but later on you know sure enough those those two last weeks of, of free agency helped a lot of teams win their championship you saw damian williams on a on a i think half the, the amount of uh, rosters of the championship teams. Yeah, I believe, sure. I believe Chad had him on. I believe Chad had him on his championship team in the FFWC. Yeah, I think he did. I had him on uh, the week before and the one team we were looking, cause he had a couple teams near the top. Uh, one of them that we were definitely discussing had Damian Williams. In fact, what he did was uh, obviously for those who are not familiar in the high stakes leagues, the waiver wire closes after week 13. And what he did was, he actually dropped his backup quarterback to get Damian Williams, and it turned out to be a good thing. Obviously, there's a lot of risk with that because if your starting quarterback goes down, I think it was yeah. – I think he had Patrick that's Mahomes, ballsy. and he dropped to Sean Watson. Wow, that's ballsy. Yeah, it's ballsy because, you know, your quarterback goes down or week 16 comes around, and maybe they say uh, Mahomes is only going to play a half. Just say they had something clinched, everything clinched by 16 you run that risk of losing uh, 150000 uh based on not having a good backup quarterback. Do you think because he has so many teams, he's able to be a little bit more risky with that and he can employ that strategy a little bit more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, you know, that's definitely uh, one of the, uh, the positives for him with playing so much volume. Um, 
you know, is, is that he gets to roll the dice a little bit more than uh, a lot of us uh, other players um, that, that can't play the amount of volume that he has. So, you know, he'll go in with, with uh, you know, a lot of teams in that going into that week 16. You know, I, I know in FFWC, he had three or four teams in that top 15. Uh, you know, in, in the NFFC, he, he had the same thing, three or four teams. So you can take different shots. You can start and sit. If your teams look kind of similar, you still have different combinations of a lot of the same players. You could roll the dice with a, you know, when you when you're deciding between two receivers, you could roll out one in one league and and you know sit them in the other and and go with the other option. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, kudos to him, he got it done and uh, he, he took everything down this year. Yeah, you got to give him credit. I know a lot of people will complain he has a lot of entries, but it's within the rules and you know just because you have that many entries does not ensure that you win. Uh, the overall, you still got to make the light, no, my, no. right changes and uh, you get got to get credit for that. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. If you find, if you find yourself at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the season, that was the goal, no matter how many entries you had. So you win the overall, you're definitely making money on your investment. And uh, Hey, that's part of the game. That's why we play it is for the money. Now the tight ends this year, obviously was a tough position. If you to have one of the elite, is it going to change the way you draft next year? Because we're going to see Travis Kelsey, I think, go in the second round. Zach Ertz, Kittle, maybe go in the third or fourth. You know, we'll start seeing some early mocks soon in rankings. But is it going to change the way you draft tight end? Or will you be like, you know what? I'm going to have to find the next George Kittle, Eric Ebron in the middle rounds. Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. Because, uh, you know, after the season, I sit down and I start putting my thoughts together for the following season of what – you know, the top 30, top 40 overall is going to look like. And I did it. And, uh, you know, there is a decided, there is a real advantage to getting Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle next year. And uh, I think you'll see Kelsey and Ertz, like you said, in the second round, I think they'll both be top 24. And I think Kittle will be right there behind it in the mid, uh, you know, early to mid third. So I think all three of them will be in the top 30. Um and I think people will drag them up the board. And I don't know how much I'm willing to pay depending on what else is there. And I'll always defer to, um, you know, a, a stud wide receiver too uh, over that tight end and hope I could get away with it. But I'm going to have to really, you know, study that and sit down going into next season about what the back end of the tight end ones look like, you know, that six through 12 and see if there's one or two guys that I really love. Uh, and if that's the case, then I'd rather take one, that guy and take a shot on him in the seventh or eighth round than take, you know, a, a Kittle, Ertz, or Kelsey in the second, as much as an advantage it is for those other teams. At the same point, at the same time, Adam, they're going to be a little weaker at wide receiver when I take my stud wide receiver too, you know, in the second round or the early third round, and they have, a you know, a tight end position eaten up. But, at the, you know... And to, and to take it even further now, Adam, I, we always talk about it, but if I'm taking a tight end early, which I've never done, and, and I don't know if I ever will, but if I did do it next year, now that takes away my, you know, my my love for taking a, a stud top two quarterback in those first four or five rounds. So, you know, I don't know if I'm willing to pay that price. Well, I don't have to worry about that because I won't take the quarterbacks early. So. No, I know you won't. <laughs> uh, you know, here's he, – <laughs> Here's something that's interesting, because I don't. Mm -hmm. Doctor Roto said this to me. I think it was last week that he would take Mahomes on the one-two turn. I don't believe it until I see him do it. 
We have seen this numerous times. Quarterbacks have historic seasons, and I know he's young. But where would you take Patrick Mahomes next year? I mean, you're a big quarterback. Well, uh, listen, listen. Uh, Doc is probably talking about, you know, when he talks, Doc's probably talking about FFWC rules, right? Four-point right. passing quarterback. So there's no way I'm taking Pat Mahomes, you know, at that one-two turn in a four-point passing quarterback. You know, if, if we're talking six-point passing leagues, I think Mahomes will be a uh, I think Mahomes will be a late second rounder next year. I think I, I think a mid to, to late round. I think you'll see him in that seventeen to twenty four range overall in six point passing leagues. I don't think he's a top two round pick in four point passing leagues. Um, I, I'd probably see him in the third round there. I I think in some home leagues you might see him go in the first round. It's going to be hard when you talk about okay, well look at all the running backs. But you know how mm-hmm. people are. They'll look at the total points. They'll see the season. Oh, his first full year as quarterback, 50 touchdowns. Maybe he gets 55 this year. He, I, I think he might be a guy that goes in the first round of some casual leagues. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I could see it too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I could see I could see people doing that, you know, getting the big flashy quarterback. Um it's a it's a tough thing to do to take a quarterback to start your draft off and then have a successful draft after that, um, you know. So I'll let somebody else do that, Adam. In uh, in any league I'm in, I'll let I'll let them take Mahomes in the first. Yeah, so will I. Uh, what are, what did you learn from this year that maybe a mistake you made or something that you think will help you get better? Mistake from this year. Um, God, I don't know. I want to. I want to say my mistake this year, Adam, was um, I think with the running backs. I, I was I was in love with taking a running back for the first time in the first round uh, this year, but I I refused to adjust myself and take and get out of the fourth round without having my RB two this year. And what it did was a lot of times it prohibited me from taking a really nice-looking wide receiver three. And at the point where I was taking that RB2 was those Derrick Henrys and, um, uh, you know, Royce Freeman at the time, and just guys that busted and and didn't, you know, really help me. So there was a lot of times on the board I was taking that Derrick Henry and leaving the Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, guys I loved at the receiver position off the board when – I just love the way my teams look more when I have that big stud running back in the first round and have three stud receivers after it and then figure out my RB2 position because I could have put in, I could have had James White a lot. You know, I, I really like James White a lot this year and I could have made him my RB2 later on in the draft and sprinkled in a couple other guys. So I don't want to going into next year, just go in with a, with a lockdown plan of no matter what, in the first four rounds, I have to have two running back. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I want to try and avoid that. I would say. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. We get a lot of questions in the preseason. All right, should I start off with two receivers and then two running backs? And like you said, you don't want to get fixated into that mindset because then you might pass up on a really good player. And we all worry about the mm-hmm. running backs, but we know roles change, injuries happen, and there will always be some players that come off the waiver wire. So. It is something to keep in mind and a good tip for next season as we are always preparing for drafts. 
We'll have a lot more with Christopher Carroll. Take a look at some of the playoff previews, sports betting as well. All ahead right here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam is here until 8 p.m. Eastern. If you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. And you can go over to VegasWhispers.com if you want some help on those betting wagers. Excellent content from them. They've been crushing it for college football season. You can follow them on Twitter, at Vegas Whispers. They document the plays at the end of the night. And there's a private Twitter feed. Once you set up, you can set it up and get alerts sent to your phone with all the picks as they happen. I'm joined by Chris Vaccaro from TheAthletic.com. And, Chris is participating in a few uh, drafts tonight, uh, playffwc.com, where you can uh, draft for the playoffs. Six teams are in the draft. Uh, one out of six can win $500 in league prizes and a $20,000 grand prize. So, Chris, just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about this format. I, I talked about it in the first segment. My opinion is you kind of need to take a stance here on which teams you think are going to advance far and draft accordingly. And I went over a couple of teams that did that. Uh, what is your general opinion here when you do these drafts? What is uh, your general strategy without not giving away everything? Well, I'll tell you right now, and I see so many people making mistakes and head-scratching mistakes when they do these drafts, Adam. Uh, to me, it's pretty plain and simple. You need to match up you know, your, NFF, your NFC team against your AFC team that you see matching up in the Super Bowl. Try and get as many players on both teams. Uh, now, obviously, the draft, you know, isn't going to work out that way. You're going to get picked off sometimes with certain players, but as you go along, you, you might not want to take that. The, you might want to take the lesser name, you know, just say, uh, uh, I don't, we'll get into names, but you know, you want to take the lesser player on a certain team, you know, and over the bigger name that could be one and done, you know? So it might be tempting to look at a Zach Ertz, you know, at a certain point, but, you know, Zach Ertz, if you think he's one and done and the Eagles are going to lose this weekend, 
he's not really going to help you. He can help you for one game, but you know, you might get more out of a Ted Ginn if you see the Saints going to the Super Bowl and getting three games out of Ted Ginn than one out of Zach Ertz. So, you know, a lot of people fall into that bad habit when they're drafting. They're just taking the bigger names off the board instead of putting together, you know, four or five, four or five guys from your NFC team and four or five guys from your AFC team. And if you're right and those two teams meet in the Super Bowl, now you've got 10 or 11 players going for their third game or possibly even their fourth game. Uh, and that's how the points, uh, you know, get racked up. Yeah, I was going over a, a draft earlier, and you could see a few teams clearly made a dramatic stance. They said, okay, these are two teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl, and they loaded up on those teams, maybe five players from one team, four from another. But then there were a couple other teams that kind of spread it out. I just think you can't win that way. Yeah, I, I, I don't. And then I, and then I also see, you know, people that will do these drafts, and they'll load up on, you know – They'll they'll draft four or five guys from two different AFC teams, you know, or two different NFC teams. Well, you know, one of them's getting eliminated early. You know, uh, you're not going to get too many games out of them. So, if you want to load up on Saints and Rams, I don't. I also don't see the, you know, the the advantage of that. You you know, you're going to get wiped out of your four or five Rams if the Saints go to the Super Bowl and vice versa. So, you know, I think the number one strategy in that is is to match up one team from the AFC, one team from the NFC, Super Bowl pick, and and try and get as many guys as you can. Overall, heading into this field, I think this is a wide-open playoff. I really don't see one clear-cut team. Uh, I think you can make a case for a lot of these teams to make a Super Bowl run. Do you agree with that, or you think there's only a handful of teams that can reach the Super Bowl? Uh, that's, you know, that's a good question. I want to say that there's only three teams that I believe can win the Super Bowl. Um, and then the rest, I can't see winning the Super Bowl, but it is why it is pretty wide open. It's the most wide open. I think we've seen in a long time here. And, and I mean, Hey, just look at the spreads that Vegas has given us for this first weekend with, you know, two games are a one point spread. Another one's a two point spread. And the Bears are the big favorites laying five and a half. So you have four games that are all under a touchdown. Uh, they're all up for grabs, all four of these games. I think the Saints will be tough uh, to beat in the Superdome. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be tough to beat at home also, both one seeds. I know it's the easy way out to, you know, to pick the, the two number one seeds. I still think that the Chargers are actually going to get there. I know we, we both love the Chargers, uh, you know, for months now. But the Chargers have such a tough road, Adam. And, you know, to come to the East Coast week one and play a tough Ravens defense, and then if things go the way I think they're going to go and the Colts beat the Texans in the other AFC game, that would send the Colts to the Chiefs in week two, and that would send the, the, the Chargers back to the East Coast again to play the Patriots. So that's back-to-back East Coast, you know, cross-country trips. And if it got to that, I would hope that the Chargers would stay on the East Coast, you know, for that week so they don't have to make so many cross-crunchy trips. Uh, and if they get that done, now they got to win a third week on the road in one of the toughest places in Kansas City. So if the Chargers ever did get to the Super Bowl, and I think they are a Super Bowl-talented team, you know, they they really will deserve it. Yeah, I agree. Well, let, let's look at some of these games. I see so many people picking the Texans, and I don't see it. I said last week, the Colts are going to win 
and they're going to beat the Texans in the first round. A few weeks ago, these teams played. I took the Colts' money line. They won. I just think the Texans have overachieved. They have not really beaten anyone good. They're very susceptible against the pass. Yes, they have you know J.J. Watt and Clowney there. Colts' offensive line has been really good. Ryan Kelly looks like he's going to play this week. I know T.Y. Hilton is banged up. That's what bothers me a little bit. He definitely wasn't 100% last week. He hasn't been practicing. Houston's favored by one and a half, over under 48 and a half. I like the Colts a lot this week. I'm with you. Like I said, uh, you know, I think the Colts get it done as well. They already went in there and won a couple weeks back. Um, the Texans' strength is, you know, having Clowney and Watt, you know, rushing the passer. Well, that feeds right into the Colts' strength with their great offensive line. So, if Clowney and Watt can't dominate the game, and I don't see them doing that, uh, you know, that should give plenty of time for luck, uh, you know, to, to throw uh, and find T.Y. Hilton. Ebron kills uh, the Texans. Um, you know, he'll be a tough matchup for them as well. The thing with Hilton, I know he's missing all this practice, but he's been, he hasn't been practicing for I don't know how for long weeks, now. For weeks, yeah, for a couple weeks at least. Weeks. And then he shows up at game time, and you know what? He he gets the job done. So, you know, what's to think he can't get the job done again? I think the Texans have overrated. I think, you know, we've been saying that for months. Um, and uh, offensively, I don't, you know, the Colts' defense is stingy now. This is a decent defense that the Colts have all of a sudden. Um, I see the Colts going in there and winning also, Adam. Yeah, so we agree on that one. Uh, the other mm-hmm. game on Saturday, Saturday night, Seahawks go to Dallas. Well, okay. For those that don't know, I am I am a Cowboys fan. Cowboys are favored by two. The over/under is forty-three. These are two very similar teams. They love to run the football. I think you're going to see like seven-minute drives on both sides. Now the Seahawks have already beat Dallas, but that game was in Seattle, and I think it was back in Week Three. Obviously, the Cowboys have changed a lot since then. The addition of Mari Cooper has really helped create balance on the offense. I didn't even realize they're seven and one in their last eight games. I know they've been playing well, but I didn't realize how good it was. Seattle comes into this game 6-1 yeah. and one over their last seven, but five of those games were at home. Uh, they are clearly are not as good on the road. They're 4-4. Four and four. Uh, I think this is it's not going to be an easy game for Dallas, uh, but let's get your opinion. Who wins this game? I love your Dallas Cowboys in this game, I, and it's my biggest bet. I already put it in. Um, it's my biggest bet of the weekend. I love the Dallas Cowboys in this game at home. I think that Seattle team is getting by in smoke and mirrors. Um, I don't think they – I think they're two totally different teams when you take them outside of their home stadium in Seattle and put them on the road. Um, I, I just – I like the Dallas defense. They're young. They're fast. Um, I think they'll shut down the run. I'm not impressed with Seattle's passing game or whatever you want to call it you know, of their passing game. They just beat up on bad teams, Seattle. And, um, you know, yeah, they granted they beat Kansas City, but that game was in Seattle. Um, I, I really like Dallas in this game. I think they win by 10. Uh, I hope you're right. Uh, but you're right. Seattle has had a, a much better, you know, they've been way better at home this year. Uh, they have kind of not beaten any really good teams. I mean, they struggle with the Cardinals. Yeah, give them credit they beat the Chiefs they did allow 31 points in that game uh but you know they beat the they, they lost to the 49ers on the road recently uh they just got by the Panthers and the Packers they lost to the Rams on the road 
and I think this is a team. They overachieved. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say To me, that. it's just a team that overachieved. And there's certain teams that you know that coming into the playoffs that they can't get to the Super Bowl, and they overachieved by getting a playoff spot. I feel the same way about the Eagles. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we'll touch on that game. But, you know, a lot of these teams are just happy to they, – they took so much to get to the playoffs and now it's like, all right, we can't, we're not getting to the Super Bowl. But, you know, Dallas is a team, I think, at home, uh, good upcoming, de- good, you know, young defense, like I said. They'll lean on Zeke. They'll hit Cooper enough. Uh, I, I don't see Dallas being one and done. I think they're good enough to win one, uh, one game at home and then go on the road and give a nice effort. But they probably get bounced in week two. What worries me about them is the coaching staff and the play calls and the mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's what worries me uh, about Dallas. It's just I've just seen them make such poor decisions. They get into the red zone near the goal line all the time, and they just cannot finish drives. They settle for way too many field goals. So that would be the biggest thing. You know, I think Pete Carroll obviously has more experience in the coaching ends. Russell Wilson obviously more experience at quarterback. So that's what worries yeah. me. It's a little bit about – it's more about Dallas self-destructing here. Right. Yeah, you know what? And another little thing on that game, you know, maybe the Cowboys found something now late in the season with Blake Jarwin. Yeah. You know, to to help out, you know, Cooper in the past game because they really haven't had much, you know. It's, it's Zeke, 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 and then Cooper. Zeke, Zeke, Cooper. You know, maybe now they found this kid, you know, coming on late and, and as another secondary uh, passing option. If there's going to be one team, I think, in this playoff field besides, you know, the the, the Saints, the Chiefs, and, and also the Chargers that could make a strong run and shock you and get to the Super Bowl, I think it could be Dallas. Well, I mean, they do have a strong running game, and I think that defense has been really good. So uh, hopefully you are correct. But to me, one of the most interesting games of the re- weekend, Chargers-Ravens. Ravens playing yeah. very well down the stretch. Uh, since Lamar Jackson came in at quarterback, we obviously know they have a very good defense. They run the football. They they keep the ball. And but let, you know, but Baker Mayfield did put up numbers last week. I mean, he threw three interceptions, but he threw for well over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Now the Chargers, I was stunned at how they got manhandled by the Ravens at home a couple weeks ago. So I think that's going to push people in the Baltimore direction. I still yeah. feel like the Chargers here can wake up and, and get the job done. I do too. I fully expect them to win, and, and I, I know we got our Chargers blindfolders on here, Adam, and, and we're we're high on them. But I love the fact that they saw this Ravens team and Lamar Jackson, you know, just a few weeks ago, and maybe they took them for surprise, and maybe they took them, you know, maybe the Chargers took the Ravens a little too lightly, and the Chargers came into that game banged up. They were just getting Melvin Gordon back. Keenan Allen was banged up, um, and those games are going to happen. The Chargers were on a roll. And they got tripped up. You know, everything went right for the Ravens in that game. But uh, that's what makes me like the Chargers even more in this game. They just saw them. They got the veteran quarterback, the playoff savvy, playoff experience with Phillip Rivers and a lot of those other guys. And uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, that Charger defense, I think he shuts them down. Another team that I think has been uh, overrated and, and uh, you know, over their head, and that's the Ravens. And, and I see them being one and done and getting bounced. Yeah, it's not easy, though. Like, uh, you know, because I, I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like you would. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens made a run if they win this game. I would. 
I would be surprised. I'm I, maybe I'm just not a you know I I for whatever reason Adam you know when you, there's just certain teams in the NFL that you just can't stand and you always root against. Yes, the Ravens. The, the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, for me. <laughs> but take it, take your hate away for for a minute. But the Ravens and the Seahawks are just two teams I hate because uh, of the I style of play. Before. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's what it is. But. Those two teams, I never want to see advance in the playoffs. I just hate watching those two teams' games, you know, for years now. So uh, that's part of it also. But uh, I could see Lamar Jackson laying an egg and, uh, you know, getting uh, looking really confused, you know, on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I think people have done this over the years is they look at how a team goes into the playoffs and they judge that. And people did it with the Eagles last year. I think more so just because Nick Foles was the quarterback and we did not see him play well down mm-hmm. the stretch. I'll say that's why I misjudged him. Like, I just didn't think Foles. But we, we do this a lot, and a lot of times it really doesn't matter. And I think that's what's going to happen here with the Chargers is people go, oh, they lost against Baltimore. Uh, they didn't play great in the last few games. But I just think they have the pieces in place to make a run here. And, and I am going to be picking them this week over the Ravens, and I actually might take them to go to the Super Bowl. And I think, and I saw one team doing this in the draft that went over. I think they did Saints Chargers. I would I would employ that in a, in a fantasy football world championship draft strategy. Uh, I sure would also, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so, without giving it away too much. But yeah. I'll let you know, I'll let you know tomorrow if I believed in that or not. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, and I think it's feasible to do just because you know, you can load up on the Saints the first few rounds, and then I think the Chargers are going to fall. Of course, unless someone exactly. you know has the uh, uh, the opinion that the char- they feel real strong about the Chargers. Yeah. So, but that's what makes plus the playoff getting, drafts fun. You're getting though. the extra game, yeah. Plus, you're getting the extra game out of the Chargers players that you pick. So now, if they get to the Super Bowl, now you're getting four games out of them. So, you know, and real quick, a huge advantage if you, yeah, guys. You, you I'm, I'm assuming you like the Bears over the Eagles, right? Even what, do you like? I them do. With, I really with the points too. I, Minus six? Yes, I okay. do. I, I, I have a feeling that the Bears beat them by 14, 14 plus. I, I just think the Eagles spent so much energy these last couple weeks getting to the Super Bowl. Foles banged up. I'll take the Bears. All right, Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at theathletic.com and also in a ton of high-stakes leagues. Chris, thanks a lot, and good luck in your drafts tonight. Adam, thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, you can head over to playffwc.com right now and join. There are three different ways to play in the playoffs in our format. I'll be back Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.